Here we are at episode 11, and in this episode, I go all the way to Woodstock, Georgia to speak with Terry Kozlowski. Terry has a remarkable backstory. She discovered her true path in life only by coming to terms with a painful childhood. Today, she is a successful life coach with a certification from the Academy of Modern Applied Psychology, and she helps many others overcome limiting beliefs and fears. She also is the host of the podcast, Soul Solutions, which she launched in August 2020 during the pandemic. In her podcast, Terry dives into the soul to teach us how to take control of our ego and emotions to create the life we desire. Her show recently reached a milestone 1,000 downloads. You can find her on Apple Podcast. Among the fascinating feats that Terry has overcome from childhood trauma and abuse, she can now add published author to her list. Her book, Raven Transcending Fear, is part memoir, part self-help guide, but it's 100% raw and personal. Terry's story of diving deep into her past and dealing with the terror before ultimately getting comfortable with fear and transcending it. I recently met Terry through a mastermind course online. My husband's best friend, John Bell, always says, surround yourself with good people and good things will come. So being in this mastermind course and surrounding myself with the likes of people like Terry was remarkable. I wanted to share her backstory as an entrepreneur who overcame so much, not just through this pandemic. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. And you can also find Terry's book, Raven Transcending Fear, on Amazon. Recently, Terry's book has been nominated for the Cover of the Month contest on All Author. Throughout the month of April, you can cast your vote online at allauthor.com and vote for her book. You can also learn more about Terry at terrykozlowski.com, T-E-R-R-I-K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I.com. Terry, I am just thrilled, really am thrilled to have you join me on my podcast. And the 30th interview, podcast interview? It has been my 30th. Okay, yes. but am I the first Canadian podcast host? Yes. <laughs> the first Canuck. <laughs> so I have a captive audience. This is you great. Do. So Terry, you and I met on Jacqueline Malone's plug and pitch workshop. There was something that in, inside me instinctively told me I need to reach out to Terry, not even knowing at the time that you had already been doing all of these podcast interviews yourself and are the host of Soul Solutions podcast. So I am. that makes it even more dynamic because I like talking podcast host to podcast host, right? <laughs> it's always more fun. We know we know what we're getting into with each other. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so of course my platform is to talk about those COVID crusaders, those go get them women that pursue their passion against all of the their fears and the dilemmas that we face in the world. And I asked you about, um, you know, the fact that we have the power to share our stories is a real good tool for our own transformation and also the transformation journey that we hope to help other people on. And so when COVID happened, the world went into 
another form of transformation, some towards the healing side and spiritualities. Others just went running for the hills in the opposite direction, full of fear, maybe even falling into addiction, abusive behavior, worrying all the time, having to confront their limiting beliefs. Your book, Raven Transcending Fear, I feel it can't be more poignant a message than the here and now. So tell us a little bit about the journey of how, you know, what was involved in writing the book? How did it come to you that you needed to write this book? And has, maybe is it a reminder to yourself about your own resiliency? So if you would have asked me prior to 2018, and I had been asked over the years, about writing my story. And it was always not just no, but a hell no. It was adamant that I was not going to do it. And then in the summer of 2018, I became pregnant with a book. And nine months later, I had written the first draft of Raven Transcending Fear. I named the book before it was done. I came up with a cover design before it was done. So I knew what it was going to look like. That's and then I went through the editing process, which took much longer than you think it does. <laughs> um, and yeah. I went through the, the lovely rejection of many, many publishers telling me they didn't want my book. And then in October of 2020, I got a book contract. Beautiful. And my book came out on February 12th, Lunar New Year, which is very significant to me um, concerning uh, the Native American aspect and lunar cycles. So I was very excited that it um, debuted on Amazon on February 12th, 2021. So the book is really my story of how I overcame the trauma of child sexual abuse and the physical abandonment and emotional and then mental abandonment of my mother, literally on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico, 3000 oh, miles away from home wow. with my little sister. We are 11 months apart to the day, and I was 11 at the time. So oh, Irish twin. Yes. <laughs> so we were, you know, literally on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. My mother has um, put our suitcases out on the um, front stoop and goes in and locks the door. And my, my sister's goodness. screaming and crying, banging on the door. And I'm trying to figure out how to take care of my baby sister, which was the last thing my dad said to me before we left on this trip to visit my mother. So that clicked in. And for me, it was a life-saving thing that occurred because it took the focus off of me, took the focus off of the situation and had me focusing on how do I help my baby sister? And how I helped her was I got us to a place where we could call my dad and get us home. I get off the airplane and I tell my dad I need therapy. I'm 11. This is in the early 80s. I shouldn't know what therapy is. And yet here I am asking for it. So I was a very aware child. And I always knew that I had a connection to the divine, to the spiritual realm, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what started me down this journey. So the book is that complete story from the understanding that I came to this world, not fearful of anything. I came to this world knowing who I was, knowing I had a mission in life, and then life happened. 
and life happened because of those things that are unknown to the child when they come into the world, which is their family. And families can be a blessing and they can be a curse. And I had a split family. I had some family that was absolutely a blessing and helped me through the traumatic aspect of the other half of my family. So when the book starts there, talks about the trauma, and then talks about my recovery and the steps I took to come to the other side and understand that we can all transcend the fear that the egoic mind brings into our day-to-day -day lives. And that the reality is we, we are supposed to see life from a loving perspective. Mm -hmm. And when we don't see it from a loving perspective, it's because we're choosing to look at life through the eyes of fear. And you can do one of two things, look through the eyes of fear or look through the eyes of love and consciously choosing to see what the eyes of love is ultimately how you transcend fear. I, I feel like I'm being wrapped with a warm blanket right now. It's, you are so comforting. Your message resonates to everybody, no matter what the situation is, some childhood trauma. Yeah. It just, um, it's like a reassurance and I get the same feeling when I listen to your podcast that you're just there to wrap us with comfort knowing that whatever we're in it doesn't define us it's not it's not our future it's just the stories of our past and we have the power to rise above it absolutely in um so I was listening again to your podcast episodes. And I really liked episode 33 when you talk about forgiving your mother to move forward. And you quote Anne Lamott, an author. It's funny because just recently she was on Kathy Heller's podcast, mm -hmm. Don't Keep Your Day Job. Mm -hmm. You see where this is all going? There's just this <laughs> entwining connection. I just, it, it gives me goosebumps just to see how the universe is connecting us to the people that we need to hear from whether absolutely. it's absolutely yeah so and I loved what you talked about forgive to free ourselves because it's an act of self-care and we are in the dawn of self-care more more so now than ever tell us how it felt that releasing that freeing of yourself yeah forgiving my mother was a very difficult process because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out the why why did it happen why did she not love me? Mm. And when you, the ego attaches to the whys. And the reality is, it didn't matter what the why was, there could never have been a justification my mother would have given me to why that I would have accepted. So the ego trapped me in staying in the past with trying to find out the why, trying to figure out what I could have done to have changed the situation. If I had been born to a different family, all of that good stuff that as an 11, 12, 13, 14 year old, you struggle with because you don't have the language, you don't have the understanding, you don't have the cognitive ability to figure out what happened and how to move forward. So as I was struggling with all that, forgiving my mother ended up being a process where I spent time looking at what things was she causing negatively in my life today and when i looked at in the present moment she had nothing to do with me we didn't speak you know very 
very rarely throughout the course of my life from the time um, we were in New Mexico and that and the trauma occurred. I'd only seen my mother um, two times after that. One on my wedding day to my first husband and um, three times. One I visited with her and my sister and she met my son when he was 18 months old and then one trip in 96. So I hadn't seen my mother since 1996. And the most of my healing occurred after that, because when I saw her, although that was the only time I had visited her, that she stayed sober. All the previous times she had been, there had been alcohol involved or drugs involved. Mm -hmm. So that was the only time she was so, well, I take that back. She really wasn't. She was smoking marijuana. So <laughs> but no, she wasn't really sober. Um, but the reality was in forgiving her, what it, what it said to me was I was more important than she was to me. Oh. And that is the crux of what forgiveness is. Yes. When we decide that we are more important than the person who hurt us, than the person who caused our pain. And guess what? We are. It doesn't matter what they did or who they are. We are absolutely more important to us than they are. And although as women, we are taught that we have to put everybody else before us. And that is something yes. that still gets taught. You see little girls, you know, you need to take care of your baby sister. No, she doesn't. No, you don't need to take care of your baby sister when you're only 11 months apart. That's not true. That's not the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can comfort your younger sister, your younger sibling, but you are not responsible to take care of of them. And when we as grown women look at, okay, what messages have I been given? And how am I internalizing these labels that somebody else put upon me? I didn't put that upon me. Yes. And, and when we choose to say, okay, I'm done with the labels, which means I'm done wearing the masks. I'm done wearing the armor. I am done playing these roles and truly become our authentic selves, then we get to determine who we are. And when I get asked who now, you know, who's Terry Kozlowski, I don't use labels. I say, I am authentically me sitting here with authentically you being you and having a lovely conversation about how we can all overcome our fears and limiting beliefs. Let's talk about the Raven. So I am Athabascan Indian. Mm -hmm. My mother is from... Fort Yukon, Alaska, eight miles inside the Arctic Circle. She grew up in sustenance living and, you know, didn't have running water, didn't have electricity. And she didn't have any of that until she was 16 years old, given up for adoption and moved to Seattle, Washington, okay. and oh, actually Olympia, Washington. And her first night in what she called the white man's world was where she was flipping on the light switch on and off and watching the toilet water go down. Oh goodness. So she is Athabascan Indian, Tinglet tribe, Raven clan. And I was always told I was Raven clan. I didn't know what that meant. And she rarely never taught me what that was. So in high school, I started doing some research. And the amazing thing about Ravens is that they are 
the transfiguration. They are the symbol for transcendence. They are the symbol for being able to transfer you from here into the spiritual realm. And they have a lot of negativity towards them because number one, they're all black. And number two, you see them around death, but they're around death to help the spirit move on to the next level to transcend this world. So, so that is where the title came from was the fact that the the Raven was a nod to my native American heritage because I am half native American. And then of course the whole transcendence aspect of the symbolism of the Raven being able to take you out of this egoic state that we, that we live in, which is the state of fear and transcend it and live a life that's spiritual, a life of your authentic self. Incredible. There is an engine story concerning how the Raven took us out of darkness and brought in the light to our lives. You know, um, again, I mentioned earlier, we came to know each other through this community, an online forum that was created through Jackie Malone's plug and pitch. All over the world now, entrepreneurs are are connecting in ways that we never imagined prior to the pandemic in 2020. But what for you is your biggest takeaway that you've gained for having this community now? Well, because of COVID um, is why I started my podcast. So my son had been telling me that I needed to start a podcast. I was going to reach a different audience because he listens to podcasts. He doesn't (laughs) read blogs, all that kind of stuff. And so it happened that during COVID, I was at home and a podcast challenge came up with Jacqueline Malone and I took it and then I took the class and in August of 2020, my podcast launched. So I'm currently getting ready to record my 36th episode. Um, So it's been moving along quite well, but in coming out and doing this type of endeavor, I've reached a different audience that I don't think I would have reached otherwise. And now when I look at my demographics from um, my social media, I'm seeing, and even Google, I am seeing that my audience who I thought would have been women over 40 mm-hmm. is actually 60% women under the age of 35. No way. And on top of that, what I would have said that my audience is completely women, 30% of my audience is male. Fascinating. Part of it to me is very sad because that means that men are going through trauma as well and have limiting beliefs and fear that they're dealing with, but they're silent about it. Yes. So there's a sadness to me when, when I see those numbers, but you know, for me, I'm putting myself there out there on a continued regular basis so that I can help others and them hearing me, hearing of my story, that they can understand that they too can overcome. You know, I think you would have an amazing audience as well with those who have PTSD. And we automatically think PTSD means a veteran of the military or the first responders, but PTSD can happen in so many different ways, childhood trauma. There's a, if you put a C on it, it's complex, which normally deals with childhood trauma. And believe it or not, Yesterday, I got asked to contribute to um, a foundation that specializes in that. So I've submitted some articles for them to review. So I'm hoping that in the next coming weeks that I will be featured there as well. 
Congratulations, so, Terry. Thank you. You're really like home run with your pitches. <laughs> you are connecting with the ball and just blowing it out of the park. That is, that is what the whole idea was with the pitch class. I'm, I'm not a baseball person whatsoever. But <laughs> it's okay. Neither am I. <laughs> all those phrases sound really cool, right? They do. <laughs> to hear it for me that there is a younger community and a male community, because what I hear is that they're saying to themselves, that generation is saying, it's okay. It's okay to come forward. And, and maybe in doing so, that will inspire others. Um, the Deloitte the Global Study did a study on millennials and the Gen Zs, and that they have come to, um, or the research has shown that they're a very resilient generation. They're taking control of things and they're moving forward on so many different factors that are important to them, such as their self-care, environmental issues, the uh, financial state of the world, it delights me to hear that that younger audience that you your demographics mm -hmm. are being drawn to your message and your your teachings. The sad part about that is that you know part of the reason I know I'm attracting that is because when you look at the demographics from child abuse and or specifically child sexual abuse, mm -hmm. when you are now at um, sixty six percent of all children are sexually abused before they reach the age eighteen. No all way. children, not oh. just females. It's all children now. So Shocking. that that statistic is just horrendous. And that so that doesn't surprise me when I actually look at that data that I would be attracting that particular age bracket because they too have suffered and they too need to know how that they can overcome and more importantly, how they can heal themselves now so that they don't continue the process mm -hmm. break that pattern yeah, break the generation pattern that's in place i want to go deeper on this just a little bit because the fact that you you two are drawn you you said that you were always aware that you were connected to a higher self that the divine is spiritual and there is a very strong force within me that feels the same way and i continually to be drawn to and at the same time attracting people of similar beliefs you feel as though that the universe has tapped you on the shoulder with that, okay, you needed to go through what you went through because it's now your time to be the spiritual healer that so many in the world need. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think the pandemic, um, for as negative as it has it been, for all the deaths that have occurred, one of the things that I have noticed is that people are waking up. Mm -hmm. People are realizing that what they were striving for from the egoic perspective, whether it was money or power, that didn't matter in the pandemic. It didn't matter if you had, you know, millions and millions of dollars, you still could get sick. You still could die from this. Yeah. So the, the real healing that's coming is realizing that every day we have the opportunity to do simple things to love one another. And when we love Amen. one another, when we go through our lives responding with love instead of out of reacting from fear, that's how we change the world. That's how we change ourselves. We and we have to do it for ourselves first. And I think that's what really and truly everybody caused, had to pause. And mothers who wanted more time with their children got more time with their children.
maybe not how they wanted it, maybe not from homeschooling, but they got that time and reevaluating where what's important to us. You know, I went from working 50 hours a week to not working and now I'm part time. I'm looking at not working for somebody else. I want to move everything to where this is what I do full time, that all I want to do is help others. And what I'm doing in the corporate world helps, but it's not what triggers the love and inspiration within me to continue to do what it is I do. Because what I'm doing with you is enjoyable. What I'm doing with you, I know is helping other people. And what I'm doing with you means something more important in the long run will last longer than what I do in corporate world. I think that my spiritual path has included that because all of our past does bring us to our present state. So I learned a lot through that, but I also know that it's coming to a close. I feel very strongly that there are things that are closing and new things that are about to explode in front of me. So I'm excited. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. And it's, I could spend hours just talking about that pivoting from one position to another and believing in yourself Mm -hmm. when you do it too, because it is scary and daunting. So let's chat podcasts. So the Soul Solutions podcast really is about helping people overcome their fear and limiting beliefs. And each week, it's a solo podcast. It's just me talking. And it is, we dive into one specific area. And I want you to walk away with actionable things that you can do today to start changing an area of your life. So recently, I've talked about being open-minded, challenging yourself to be open-minded and what that would look like and how you can do little things to be more open-minded and not to automatically react and try to defend your position. And I I moved on to also talking about better, how to better communicate with people. Uh, I'm getting ready to record one now about how to be a better friend. And all of this ties together because when we're making those human connections and all of our interactions are with other human beings, so how to better communicate, how to be more open-minded, how to deal with um, negativity or hostility or difference of opinions. And in this global time where everybody has an opinion about something and everybody is defending their position. My position may not be the best solution to the situation. I need to be open-minded and say, okay, maybe Mary Lee has a better solution. Let me Mm -hmm. hear what, what her opinion is on that. And then let's, she has some good ideas. She recognizes I have some good ideas. Let's take our good ideas and put them together and move forward. Get rid of the stuff that we disagree with. It's looking for that middle ground. And in all relationships, we have to look for the middle ground. And that middle ground is something the egoic mind does not look at. The ego looks at extremes. It's either good or bad, right or wrong. There is no, you know what? There's a better way. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It can be okay. Let's find an okay solution to the current problem. And move forward in that way. And that also builds 
a better relationship between people so that they can say, okay, we were able to compromise on this. We can work together again and we can work together again. And those human connections is, are vital. Our brain requires it. It provides us with oxytocin when we have good relationships. Mm. So we are wired to have these relationships in place. And yet we get upset when a friend calls and they want to have coffee with us. Oh, it doesn't fit in my schedule. And the reality is when you get with them and you spend that time with them, you have a great time. You do. So, so why is it that you automatically think, dang, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to get dressed right now. Anybody having to get dressed and go out of the house seemed to be a big ordeal. I remember when I started back to work, um, they said, well, have you been out of the house? And I said, not for 40 days. <laughs> that was the first time I had been out of the house for 40 days. Um, my husband was doing the grocery shopping because he was actually working. So, you know, he, instead of keeping, he kept me safe, having me stay at home since he was already exposed. So, you okay. know, so when, when all is said and done, our human interactions is what allows us to live a complete life because mm. making those human connections motivate us, inspires us allows us to serve others. So learning to better communicate, learning how to get along better with others, learning how to see a different perspective, be open-minded, all has to do with our interactions with others and those around us. I found that when we were in the community that we just completed for plug and pitch and some of the other online communities and private Facebook groups I've been in, it has, satiated that need for interaction and connection. A different form altogether, but I'm still getting that same vibe when I'm in those communities. And, uh, and I think that that's one of the biggest success stories coming out of this pandemic for sure. Also, I, yeah. I can, I can say that the reason you may be feeling that is because of all the Zoom, all the video, um, conversations that people have, because the reality is text messaging doesn't do it. Scrolling through your social media doesn't do it. It's about the face-to-face, eye-to-eye, being able to see your positive reaction to what I have to say, or me seeing your negative reaction to what I have to say. And me being able then to figure out a way to commune with you that we both end up feeling like we've had a positive interaction and zoom has done that. Yes. And, you know, as a communicator, we always say when we're preparing our, our clients for an interview is that remember the message, almost 80% of the message is not your words. It's how you deliver it. Correct. The eye contact, the body position, the little idiosyncrasies that tell so much more of a different story. And you're right. When we're sitting here on Zoom, I can still see all those. We can exactly. still see that language exactly come through. Wow, fascinating. You know, how has, um, so how has podcast helped you grow in your life coaching program and in your business? I'm not sure. And what I mean by that is I, how I approach things is based on, on what the universe puts in front of me. Mm. So the universe put in front of me the opportunity to do the podcast. It fit into my life. 
and moving forward that I believe that it is something that I'm supposed to do. And is the platform growing? Yes. Is it helping book sales? Yes. So is it helping me connect with other people? Yes. And ultimately for me, that connection to others is what's vital for whatever business it is. I'm less about the business and more about the servicing and the helping of others. Helping others overcome their fear and limiting belief is my mission. And the more I know that I can talk to others, the more I know I can help them. Amen to that. Service before <laughs> self. I just think that's truly a mantra we should all live by. Indeed. You've shared so much with us. Um, your, your podcast, I enjoy listening to it. It's little 15, 20 minute segments mm -hmm. of some real great sage advice. And you can find you on Apple Podcasts, of course. Yes. So we're going to pivot, move on to a fun part of my podcast I like to do, and I call it flashcards. You know it's coming. I do. I fire a word, you shout something back, simple word back, or you can embellish. Let's just see where the universe takes it. Excellent. First word is authenticity. Who I am. Sweet. Love it. Vulnerability. How I share myself with others. Yes. Openness. Being able to truly connect from a place of love. These are wonderful answers. This is a fun one. I like childlike spirit. Something I'm learning to do again. Oh, wow. Wonderful. I have a story about that one. Please share. So I used to, when I was a teenager, used to paint was told by an art teacher I was not a good painter, put it up for 30 years. My granddaughter, at the age of three, I gave her finger paints. And now for up until COVID, um, every other weekend, she would come to my house and we would paint together. So figuring out how to play again was really able to be taught by a child. And that's always the best way to, to relearn something when it's something you, your body and your mind has completely forgotten. Oh my gosh. Figure out, out how to play again. I'm going to say it again. I really want our listeners to <laughs> grab onto this one. Figuring out how to play again. I'll probably add on have, to that. Give yourself permission to do it. Have you um, read Gret Gretchen Rubin's books, The Happiness Project? it's going to go on down on my list. I've so, heard of it. Yeah. So several years ago, I read the book and instead of doing new year's resolutions, I do a happiness project. And basically the idea is every month you focus on something you want more of in your life. So if you want more friends in your life, that means that month you concentrate on being with your friends, finding new friends, whatever it is. One of the things was on my list was learn to play again. So I spent a whole month learning how to play again. Something as simple as I bought a grown-up coloring book and colored nice. pencils. And that following year, my calendar was a color, color yourself calendar. And every week I got to color a picture. So I focused on learning how to bring that fun and that playfulness back in your having a game night, stupid, silly things that you don't think of playing in the dirt. 
okay? Playing in the dirt. So all those little things that we used to do as a child that used to light us up and bring us a lot of joy. And so, you know, I highly recommend the book. It was fabulous. So every year I do a happiness project. That's wonderful. You know, I just gave me a great idea to expand this connection and this concept. So, and I'm going to post this podcast on my Instagram account. I'm going to encourage people to hashtag something, that phrase, play again, we'll come up with something, but also in the comment feed to share what it is that they're doing for play. Awesome. Create some conversation around that. Great. So fun. Yes. There's something very cathartic about feeling, you know, the, the pen, the coloring, the marker in the hand as it glides across the paper. Mm-hmm. Similar to the idea of morning pages or morning pages. Morning for pages. Morning oh, yeah. pages. Julia Cameron. Julia Cameron. Way. Yeah, that book came across my um, radar right around 1997 timeframe. So I'm going to open it back up again. I've taught the artist way. You have. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get you back on another (laughs) podcast in a future episode, and we'll just go through that whole program if you would like. Okay, because I had been told by people that they weren't artistic, and I completely disagreed with them, and I could prove to them that they were artistic, that they were just shut down at some point. Mm. So I taught a group of ladies um, how to rediscover their creativity. We, okay, we've talked a couple of books, amazing books. We've talked about your book. What's your all-time favorite read? Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Oh, my goodness. So, and the reason is it led me to discovering The Course in Miracles, which I've gone through several times, the, the teacher's edition, the um, workbook, all of it. Um, and it is where the crux of my understanding of what fear is and what love is and that a miracle is being able to change from looking at something from a place of fear to a place of love that is the definition to me of what a miracle is and miracles happen every day we can cause the miracles to occur by a simple mindset change by simply looking at somebody that we think we dislike or we think that we're fearful of for, and I can give you an example. The, my abusers, my sexual abusers were three Hispanic men. So my ego, when I see Hispanic has angst, okay? But because of being in the workforce, I've had more positive experience with Hispanic men. They're lovely human beings. They're very family oriented, very, very lovely men. And I've had more positive experiences than negative experiences with Hispanic men because I've only had one negative. (laughs) So because of that, the ego stuck to that angst. So now when I see a Hispanic man walking down the street towards me and my ego says, (gasps) I can say, "Uh, no, I've had more positive experience than negative experiences. And I've just performed a miracle. It's said so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's so funny because I, well, another gal that was in our group, Christine Terrio, and I interviewed her just the other day and launched her episode. She said the same thing. That book was her favorite book, the one by Marianne Williamson. So I need to get a return to love and start reading it. it. Yeah, it was the book that started me down the path of really understanding that who I was, as I was, 
was whole, I was worthy, and I wasn't broken. And when you've come from a traumatic childhood, you think you are broken. There's a large belief that you can't be made whole. And interestingly enough, I was uh, recently in a group of um, 16 uh, women who had been abused. And one of the questions that was asked of us was, do you believe you can truly heal from trauma? And we all thought that, yes, you absolutely can. And if you would have asked, and we asked, if you'd have been asked that when you were going through your trauma, would you have thought that was possible? All of us would have said no. So that mindset shift of from being a victim to being a survivor is a miracle in itself. And understanding that those mindset shifts are so vital to, to being able to move forward and to overcome our current, whatever our current state is. And it's not a difficult process. Seeing a different perspective is what it's about. I think also true that when we're in the trauma, we're almost in that fight or flight kind of, I don't know, situation where the the sympathetic nervous system is completely taking over. And so all rational thought goes out the window. Sometimes, yes. If you are still in, um, if you are still being abused, yes. Mm-hmm. And, but as soon as you get out of that, we end up having the egoic mind to pull us back into it. And we keep reliving the abuse. We keep hearing the tapes in our head of the abuser telling us that we are unworthy or that it's our fault that, the, that they abused us. So we are, however, are the ones pushing play on that tape recorder when we're yeah. listening to it in our minds. So we can choose consciously choose not to play that tape anymore and sometimes that takes a while it took me many 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 years to turn off the tape of my mother and and basically I said you know what I don't even need to keep this tape anymore let me just get rid of it and so it's not anywhere that I can get to it to play anymore yeah I was just gonna say I'd be of the mindset to rip the damn thing out of the cassette Mm -hmm. (laughs) grab onto the tape shred it and then just feel the release as And if we could physically do that with what's playing in our heads, that would be awesome. But that's not as easily said as done. (laughs) No, it is not. No. Wow. This has been one of those amazing conversations where I could just keep holding on and keep you on forever and keep (laughs) talking and talking. But you have more podcasts of your own to record, more interviews, more pitching to do. (laughs) I am, I'm very grateful, blessed and honored. I thank you. And I think, I think the universe Uh, for allowing me to meet you and giving me the opportunity to share your backstory uh, because that is my mission my why is to share stories of people to allow other people to connect and in doing so we can find our healing well thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure terry let us let the listeners know where they can find you online you can find me at terrykozlowski.com or uh, soulsolutionspodcast.com and the book is raventranscendingfear.com. I'm also on all the social media platforms so you can reach out to me there. Oh, wonderful. Thank you again for being on the show. Incredible. There are so many takeaways from this conversation. I don't even know where to begin, but one thing is certain. The more I sat and listened to Terry's backstory of childhood abuse, abusive parenting and neglect from her mother during her upbringing, to her transformation, 
becoming an author, educator, and healer that she is today, it was awe-inspiring. To take in so much hate and deliver so much love is in itself a miracle. Here are a few lessons, though, I did take from Terry's conversation. Important rules for life. We are not confined to limits others put us in, either with labels, opinions, neglect, or pain inflicted from our parents' emotional immaturity. Play. Play fills the soul and can be relearned, rediscovered, and rekindled. All it takes is the freedom to find it again and the permission to indulge. Self-love. It's a cure-all for pain, trauma, anger, and all that unwanted emotions that our ego tends to hang on to. And the pandemic was a real wake-up call, and the healing that is coming is the realization that we all have the opportunity to love one another. When we respond from a place of love, not fear, we can change the world, but it begins with changing ourselves first. And like all episodes in this one, we mention a few books, the first of which is Terry's favorite and played a poignant role in her road to self-love and healing, and that's A Return to Love by Marian Williamson. The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin and The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Check the episode notes for the link to all three books. And then, of course, there's Terry's book, Raven Transcending Fear. Unfacts is a podcast original by MGG Communications, Inc. If you are enjoying these conversations with entrepreneurs sharing their stories of resiliency, authenticity, and courage, I would love if you could leave a review on Apple Podcast. Share with your friends and subscribe. And you can find me on Instagram at Mary underscore MGG underscore Inc. And at MGG Communications, our business is telling your business. Mm-hmm.